through bite-sized epic reworks of Edward Grieg, George Friedrich Handel, Richard Wagner, and many more, the Ostrogothic Fantasy Orchestra has released a new album, Watch the Vatican, which is available now. Watch the Vatican includes 13 drummed-up tracks and will introduce the world of classical music to both young and old. Music is a great way to awaken sleeping souls and raise anyone's vibration to the next level. So head over to gothokestra.com to listen now. If you like what you hear, consider purchasing a digital copy of the album on Bandcamp. That's gothokestra.com. G-O-T-H-O-C-H-E-S-T-R-A dot com. And keep in mind, the monogram of the nine is with us all the way. Forbidden Knowledge News. I'm your host, Chris Matthew. Today my guest is Samuel Chong. First, I have a couple of announcements. I'm hoping to start travel for the docuseries soon within the next couple of months. I'm going to start out in Texas, go down to South Louisiana, visit with some family while I'm down there filming. I eventually want to be able to travel across the United States and visit with as many of you as possible. I'm still completely self-funded, and this is quite an undertaking. I'm asking for your help. If you would like to help with a donation, anything is greatly appreciated. You can go to supportfkn.com, or there is a PayPal link right in the description. Anything donated, $5 or more, through supportfkn.com, you're going to get access to Corey Hughes' Secret JFK Forum and tons of information that will be going into his upcoming book. So go check that out. Like I said, anything is greatly appreciated. I hope to be able to come out and visit with as many of you as possible on my trips. Our website is ForbiddenKnowledge.news, also the home of the Forbidden Knowledge Network. You'll find some of your favorite podcasts from our community being featured there. Forbidden Knowledge News is always available on Rockfin, Odyssey, Rumble, and all podcast platforms. Check out Rockfin. That's where you get the premium stuff. Best of all, you get all the premium content from every creator on Rockfin for only $10 a month. Just go to rockfin.com slash FKN plus. That's R-O-K-F-I-N dot com slash FKN plus or click the link in the description to sign up now. Today I want to welcome Samuel Chong. He's a certified court interpreter and Chinese translator. He visited Michel de Marquet, the author of the Tayuba Prophecy, in 2016 and 2018, and he was instrumental in arranging for the Chinese publication of the book, which has been a bestseller in both China and Taiwan, which is a rare phenomenon. Today, he dedicates his efforts in promoting the messages in the book in order to give people hope and to help promote a better world through his scholarship. Samuel, welcome. How you doing? Very good. Thank you for having me here. Yes, man. I've been looking forward to this. Today, we're going to be discussing the Tayuba Prophecy, which is a book written by a gentleman who claimed that he was able to actually visit an alien planet, Tayuba, which is an extraterrestrial planet with an advanced civilization, and he gained profound knowledge about multiple aspects of our reality and future, and not unlike other accounts of ET visitation and communication. This is very incredible. I can't wait to get into this. Uh, this is your first time on. Let's start with a little bit more about your back. Background and what led you to work with Michelle de Marquet, who is the author of this book? 
Yes, um, I'm uh, actually working as a Chinese translator and a certified court interpreter. But since I was young, I always had the fascination of um, finding out more about the paranormal. I was curious about everything that happened on Earth. For example, the Great Pyramid of Egypt, the Bermuda Triangle, and the missing people in the national parks. I was, just, I was always uh, fascinated by the stories in the Bible, although I didn't believe in the Bible until I read this book, Theobah Prophecy. So I, I accidentally found this uh, book um, on Amazon when I was searching for information about ET contactees because I always wanted to learn more things, especially from aliens that have um, advanced civilization. I thought that would be a shortcut for us to grow much faster and to evolve at a much faster pace. So we can just learn from the best. So I found this book and checked it out from the library and um, different from other books that I read before. This book contains uh, specific information that could be verified. So um, there I am, um, I'm, I'm here, <laughs> just uh, Great, spreading the messages in the book. <laughs> I love it. Now I'd love to hear your take on how China is handling, you know, we have this sort of pseudo disclosure here in the United States. Is China doing anything with talking about UFOs or UAPs uh, to the to the people at all? Well, the government certainly is uh, not disclosing anything, and uh, but the public has a great fascination on this topic. The public is extremely interested in uh, anything that the government doesn't want them to know. And uh, especially this book actually feels a vacuum um, in the Chinese uh, publishing uh, industry because there hasn't been a lot of books that's published recently on the subject of UFOs. Yes, uh, so it, I can't imagine that it was easy getting this particular book published, right? <laughs> it's not easy at all. I had to utilize my personal connections, uh, who was actually a very good friend of mine since childhood. Her mother actually was the formal um, director of a major publisher in China. And through that connection, I had this book published in mainland China as a science fiction. Now, I know the Chinese people have uh, limited access to the information that we have from our media in the United States. Is, do, do you know if there is any groups of people in China that actually follow this kind of disclosure movement and things going on here in the States? Yes, there are actually quite a few people that follow them. They try to translate uh, the uh, videos and, and try to uh, make them into their own videos and send them uh, and upload them into the Chinese platforms. A few of them are quite uh, actually quite successful uh, with uh, millions of followers. Now, do you have common UFO sightings in China that are talked about, or is it something that's just kind of swept under the rug? Well, um, frequently, especially in the last few years, there have been a lot of uh, UFO reports um, or sightings uh, by the public, by the people. Uh, the government uh, is keeping uh, their mouth shut, but the public has been really, really curious on this subject and wondering what uh, what are those things on the sky? And uh, they see those as a sign that um, there's going to be a great change coming for China. Great. Yeah, man, it's so interesting. Uh, tell us a little bit how you met Michelle and got started working with him. Well, um, as I was reading this book, I was uh, very fast uh, curious about all the topics discussed in the book, especially in the postscript. Uh, Michelle Demarquet mentioned that there are more incredible things that he was not allowed to write in the book because we are far from understanding them. That got me extremely curious because I thought I understood everything and I thought I would be able to understand uh, if, if he just told me, tell me what, what it is. So, um, so I was determined to find him. I searched online and found uh, that there are some travelers who uh, took photos of him um, in Vietnam, a, a southern island in Vietnam. And then there was also a photo of his bungalow where he resided. So I flew to that island in Vietnam, and I showed that photo to the taxi driver, and the taxi driver took me to where he lived. Wow. 
Man, that's really cool. Uh, and he was uh, willing to discuss and work with you? Well, in the first few days, no, he was uh, really annoyed at my visit because he was a very private person. He didn't want people to um, purposely look for him because of this book. Uh, but then he, I guess he found out that he had a contract signed with a Chinese publisher who was, who paid him $2,000 for the copyright, but uh, never uh, contacted him again. He wanted me to follow up with that publisher to see if uh, the book was published in China or not. It turned out that his book wasn't published in China, even though they paid the money because they feared that the government censorship would, uh, um, make them um, all uh, disemployed uh, or fired from the publisher. So Michel de Marquet actually asked me to have the book published by another publisher, either in China, Taiwan, Hong Kong, or Singapore. Um, as long as it's in Chinese, then it will be fine. I don't know the reason, but he had a great uh, interest in having the book published in the Chinese language. And I helped him to get the book published in both China and Taiwan. And it turned out that the book became the bestseller. That's wonderful, man. That's awesome. So give us a synopsis of Michel's story. How did this all start for him? Well, it started in 1987 in June, um, in the middle of the night of one day where he suddenly woke up. He didn't know why, but he wrote a note to his wife saying that he would be gone for 10 days and there's absolutely no need to worry about him. And then he walked out of his house in his yard and he was lifted up. And then he was transported or lifted up to a parallel universe where he saw a lot of strange people. He saw people wearing medieval clothes and also people um, like in ancient times, like savages. He saw this, uh, he also saw that the person who lifted, lifted him up was a uh, like a very beautiful, tall, like eight foot tall um, alien or ET uh, female uh, appeared to him to be a female uh, with uh, long blonde hair and with a helmet uh, or spaceship clothing. Um, and, and she described uh, her, he described her as mostly humanoid looking, right? Yes, humanoid, very beautiful, uh, like Nordic looking. Mm -hmm. And then... Uh, he was uh, he was told later that uh, the reason they went through a parallel universe was to um, conceal themselves from the public, from the people on Earth, so that they would not be seen by people on Earth. And then after a brief stay in the parallel universe, they um, went to their spaceship, and then he got disinfected by uh, yellow light and blue light. And then... Um, after a brief stop um, on another planet, they arrived at uh, Theoba, that planet, uh, the golden planet. Uh, it's called the golden planet because uh, before arriving, Michel de Marquet saw a golden mist surrounding that planet. And after he arrived, he saw that on that planet, there were very bright lights and very bright, colorful uh, colors that he actually had to wear a helmet, like uh, with sunglasses which uh, filtered out uh, like a majority portion of the light because otherwise uh, he would have been drunken by the strong lights or strong colors. Now, how did the, the series of events unfold and how long did Michel have contact with these entities? Well, he spent nine days on that planet, Theoba, and on the way there, um, the... Uh, alien, the ET, uh, whose uh, name is Tao, told him that uh, um, he took on this trip um, because they really wanted him to visit their planet physically, not uh, through astral body, but also, but physically, because they have a very important message for him to, to document. And when he come back, he is to write a book and to uh, document word by word, word for word, what he saw and experienced. Uh, they chose him because uh, he was uh, one of the few people on Earth who had uh, 80 past lives. And I also think that they chose him because he was a farmer, a landscaper in, in Australia, a French Australian who had no previous experiences uh, with um, ETs or anything such uh, as the, the paranormal. 
Um, and he was like a blank piece of paper to write on. He didn't have any agenda or predispositions. Uh, so they chose him because he was able to write everything objectively without any personal opinions. That's amazing. Now, you said that they, they also took him on a ship, right? Yes, a spaceship, about uh, 100 meters in diameter. Right. Now, where uh, where did they, they go while he was on this ship? So on the spaceship, they first stopped um, on another planet called Arima X3. They saw um, devastation, uh, the, the aftermath of a nuclear war. They saw the people who looked like pollinations um, and deformed people because of the radiation of the nuclear bomb. So they were, the Theobans were sampling the soil and the water and trying to see the radiation levels. And then they explained uh, to um, the author, Michel de Marquet, that they actually were um, kind of, um, they had a very advanced civilization, even though um, they just had a nuclear war, but they didn't really evolve uh, spiritually enough uh, to to live uh, peacefully among themselves. Those people actually came to the earth about 300,000 years ago because of uh, overpopulation. They landed on the continent, uh, then existed on earth called uh, the Moria. So they built a, a great pyramid on the continent of Lemuria, which is three times as tall as the current Great Pyramid on Egypt. They had the anti-gravitational technologies and also supersonic vibrational systems to cut the big stones in a precise manner. So that's how they did um, the pyramid, how they made the build a pyramid, and that's how they built the great statues on Easter Island. Uh, so they stopped on that planet and then briefly, and then they went on their trip, continued on their trip and arrived at the Theoba, where Michel de Marquet was told many different interesting uh, facts about Earth and also other things about life. Now, these beings' relationships with humans started as they basically crash landed on our planet, right? Well, that's. Uh, um, the uh, pollinations from Arimo X3, they uh, purposely found Earth because of overpopulation. They first uh, uh, looked into Mars at that time. Mars in the ancient past, about 300,000 years ago, had life um, on, on, the, on the planet. But because the core of Mars was cooling down, um, it couldn't really sustain uh, more people on there. And the people actually on Mars had to uh, move to another place or they would, uh, they, they would die because when, when the core um, cools down, it doesn't have the magnetic force anymore to attract the atmosphere. So it loses the atmosphere. So that's why there's no life form on Mars. On that point, I have to bring uh, the attention of uh, Elon Musk, Elon Musk, <laughs> that if he wants to move us to Mars, uh, he should uh, bet he, he it better think about that because there's no atmosphere and Mars is actually a dead planet already. So, and um, by accident, accidentally landed on, on Earth, uh, I think you're talking about the Hebrews, the, the Jewish people. They came from another planet uh, called uh, Hebra. And uh, it was a category three planet. Earth, our Earth, according to the book, is a category one planet. So category one is like elementary school students. And Hebrew, the Hebrews came from a category three planet, like uh, maybe middle school students. And um, the Theobans, um, where the author Michel de Marquet visited, is a category nine planet, which is like uh, college professors. So they have been really guiding us throughout history and they intervened and uh, actually helped us uh, throughout uh, the past. Uh, it's actually documented and recorded in the Bible, such as the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and uh, Moses and Jesus Christ. They chose the Jewish people, the, the Hebrews, because um, originally the Hebrew people came from category three plan, which is kind of more spiritual and, and more advanced uh, category one planet. 
but they really didn't belong to Earth, a lower level of planet. So they chose uh, the Hebrews because uh, it was to them um, easier to guide them to the more spiritual path than than the other people on Earth. I know this is a very interesting and yeah. somewhat controversial topic, but this is what's uh, happening uh, wow, in the past, according to the book. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, now I want to go back to the what you stated that they they wanted to show him in physical form uh, this planet and show him this information. Do you know that these if these beings normally uh, prefer to? have astral interactions with people or is it rare that they they're taking people physically anywhere i mean they have uh, actually helped us in the past in astral form uh by sending messages to certain people in in the form of dreams they intervened uh, in the ancient past to a group of people in africa sending um a, a very prophetic dream to a priest, a head priest, uh, it, just to tell tell him that uh, it is uh, wrong to really enslave, enslave uh, the people in Africa uh, by, um, by, by, by kind of like what's happening right now by, by the form of uh, organized religion. And uh, because uh, to them, people should uh, really look uh, into themselves inside of their hearts to look for answers and not to follow the priests mm. or religious or specific religious belief. And, uh, uh, but they also took uh, the people on earth in physical forms in the past as well. Michel de Marquet, uh, once in a public lecture, insisted people to look into the Book of Enoch because after he read the Book of Enoch, he found out that um, the experiences of Enoch were very similar to his experiences on, on the planet Theoba. And uh, he believed that uh, Enoch was, act was actually taken by this group of ETs. And I also want to bring attention that Enoch is actually the, gran the, the grandfather, great-grandfather of Noah. So after Enoch went with God, supposedly uh, Theobans, and or Jehovah or the Theobans, uh, he wrote a book. And uh, a few decades later, you know what happened to Noah and, uh, and to the people in the world. So I think this book is actually a book of warnings. It's not a prophecy book. It's a book of warnings to us that we need to uh, mend ourselves and to the correct ways. And they're bringing important messages uh, through this book just to tell us to open our eyes and to wake up and not to be really led by um, the so-called uh, religious leader, leaders or politicians or government bodies. Mm. Uh, we really need to look inside of ourselves for answers and to see what's really going on around this world and how, how to live our lives uh, in a more meaningful way. Right on, man. Well, let's get into some of the information that was given uh, about these prophecies and some of the most profound information that you found. Well, the interesting uh, information contained in this book is that it confirms uh, life after life and also reincarnation. So when a person dies, uh, the physical body is um, kind of forsaken. Um, and uh, but the astral body leaves the physical body and rejoins the higher self of a person. Um, and to be more specific, the astral body is made of uh, electrons. 81% of the electrons um, rejoins the higher self after three days. So I find that interesting because uh, three days is the length of time that Jesus Christ resurrected after being put, put to death on the cross. Uh, on the cross. Um, so after three days, um, the 81% of electrons of the astral body uh, rejoined the, the higher self, and the remaining 19% of the electrons remain on Earth until either they're recycled by nature or when the higher self decides to 
reincarnate into another physical body of a baby. So the 18% of electrons are normally what we call ghosts. Because of static forces, the 18% of electrons resemble uh, the person when the person was living. And also electrons contain memories. So this is why a lot of ghosts frequently haunt, um, haunt the places they loved or hated. So this is why like people say that they can see ghosts. It's true, but there's nothing to be afraid of then. Because uh, if you think about ghosts as electrons, um, you, you just know that they're another, for, another form of entity. And if you really don't like them to be to, to bother you, you can just use a lighter or fire or something to uh, to make them go away. So, so it explains uh, this uh, paranormal phenomenon, which I find uh, very interesting. Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, they also explained a bit about parallel universes. Is that right? Yes. Um, so they landed uh, before they went to uh, the planets. They first stopped by in a parallel universe. In a parallel universe, time stops and people there uh, don't age. They don't feel hunger. They don't feel thirst and uh, they don't feel any pain either. And how the uh, ET uh, tells uh, Michel de Marquet that uh, the Bermuda Triangle is actually uh, like an entrance to a parallel universe, like a portal or what they call a warp. And um, there are other places on Earth uh, less well-known that are similar to the entry point in Bermuda Triangle where uh, ships and planes uh, go missing. And this made me think about uh, David Pilatus' uh, series of books yeah. called uh, Missing 411, where people vanish uh, in very strange uh, occasions, in strange uh, forms uh, uh, in, in the national parks in the US. And, uh, and I think uh, those uh, are the people who got sucked into a parallel universe. And, um, and, and people say that they can hear uh, the person who got missing, uh, the, the voice of that person going farther and farther, but they cannot see that person. So I think that's a, a, a validation, like a proof that they got sucked, in, sucked into the parallel universe. And that actually explains a lot of the cases reported or documented by David Pilatus. I know they explained a bit about this, but how, what, did, were, what did they say about the true nature of space and space travel and the possibilities of it? Well, um, in the book, it doesn't really mention a lot about that, but Michel de Marquet revealed uh, certain information is that uh, they, uh, when they took him to Theoba, they actually uh, traveled at a speed faster, multiple times faster than the speed of light. They first use that kind of speed to travel into deep space. And then when they're in deep space, they use another form of travel, which is called uh, uh, super substantiation, um, which is kind of like a teleportation in which immediately they are in uh, another location, like transferred into another location, which is also a location in deep space. They have to do that in deep space because um, if they did that not in deep space, but maybe in the atmosphere of Earth or somewhere near Earth, then according to them, their spaceship would have been exploded. So they had to do that in deep space in order to prevent explosion from happening. So after they teleported themselves into another location in deep space, they traveled again at a speed faster, multiple times faster than the speed of light. And then they reduce their speed before arriving on the planet Theoba. So this is how they explained. So the travel time between Earth to Theoba actually uh, is less than one day. Many of us have now discovered that the world is not what we thought it was. And global events have left many feeling unsettled and even isolated. Karen Holton offers vital services that may be just what you need as she supports your journey into the weird and wonderful. 
Karen offers awakening support and ascension consultation to support individuals on their journey. For more details, check out her various vital services. Once you find your way through this process, there are many blessings on the other side. Visit Karen's website, KarenHoltonHealthCoach.com to get started today. That's very interesting. Uh, they also gave him profound information about human body, human health, and longevity, and things that we can do to, to stay healthy and help, like color therapy and light therapy. Could you talk a little bit about those? Yes, uh, it's very interesting that the book mentions about the human energy system, uh, what we call auras. The book says that how uh, the uh, ET says that uh, the uh, we human beings uh, have auras and chakras in which some people can actually see them using naked eyes. Naked eyes. So chakras, we have like several chakra, chakras in our body. They're like uh, wheels, always um, uh, like uh, rotating or swirling around, and um, um, the. Auras, the energy system actually affects our physical body and um, it's actually confirmed by a lot of people who can actually see auras like uh, Barbara Brennan and Rosalind Brewery and a few other people. They wrote a lot of um, excellent books on, on auras. What they say is that, um, for example, when they see a person has a, a very strange or abnormal uh, color, um, in, in one of their organs, for example, liver, then three or six months later, the symptoms would show up in their liver. So the physical body, um, the symptoms in their physical body shows up uh, three or six months after the um, their changes in their uh, human energy system or the auras. So it is, it is very important for us to develop um, like a machine or aura camera so that we can see what is going on in our human energy field. Uh, actually, I've been trying to do so. I'm, I'm trying to gather as much data as possible. So if uh, anyone can read or can see auras, please contact me and, and um, helping me to please help me to develop this aura camera. So and also they talk about the colors affecting the human energy system. They say that uh, if we are able to match the colors um of our environment to our human energy field then we would uh, feel much happier and feel much more pleasantly uh, just like uh, and have better effects than taking aspirin and um, i did a lot of research on that uh, called the uh, chromotherapy or color therapy in the past there were people who used the uh, color therapy to treat a variety of different diseases such as uh, burns and also even cancer, even like diabetes or major injuries. Uh, in the 1920s, uh, a person originally from India wrote a book called uh, like, um, Let There Be Light. And then it talks about how effective uh, color therapy was. Unfortunately, after they found out that uh, after the antibiotics were discovered or invented, um, um, he was actually suppressed. And a lot of his books got uh, had to be destroyed uh, by the order of the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA. So color therapy didn't really gain its popularity in the United States uh, after the 1930s or 40s. Um, but uh, I think uh, this is a very inexpensive way of uh, treating different diseases or, or healing people. People should uh, pay more attention to color therapy. And uh, they can use laser light or LED lights. Uh, and uh, But on the other hand, uh, pharmaceutical companies wouldn't be able to make money. A lot of people would uh, be disemployed. Uh, and this is a, a dilemma. Do you want to keep uh, people working for the pharmaceutical companies or do you want to have a more very inexpensive way of healing people, especially the poor who really cannot afford expensive medications or patented uh, medications? Um, I think um, this is a dilemma that people have to choose. Yeah. 
Yeah, along the same lines of information, they they also gave him uh, profound information about healing via hands and energy, right? Yes, that's correct. Uh, they mentioned that uh, in the past, when people were more spiritual and practiced more like uh, meditation or different forms of healing, uh, it was very common for people or doctors to heal patients by the form of hand um, or energy um, energy healing by hand. And I find that uh, very interesting because uh, Barbara Brennan is one such a person. He was she was she was a NASA scientist who really um, had this kind of uh, gift to heal people by her kind of uh, unique healing method. And this is a similar thing or similar healing method done by Jesus Christ as documented in the Bible. The Theobans, the ETs, um, can perform different miracles. All the miracles performed by Jesus Christ. They can levitate, they can heal, they can resurrect the dead. They can also materialize different objects. They can sh shape shift. They can also um, communicate by through telepathy. They can also affect people by... Um, by using their kind of uh, the power of mind, they can um, kind of uh, do a lot of illusions, mm. uh, what they call the real magic. So they can do a lot of different things. So when people really practice this kind of um, um, forms of healing or this kind of extraordinary abilities, uh, I think it's still it's doable and there's still, there are people on earth such as uh, in remote places like Nepal, um, uh, people can still uh, levitate. I, I mentioned this because there's a magician called uh, uh, Dan White who made a film um, on Discovery Channel. He traveled to Nepal and visited a monk who uh, showed him how to levitate. As the magician himself, Dan White couldn't figure out how that monk in Nepal uh, did his uh, levitation. And... Um, uh, and he he had to use uh, some kind of ma magic tools. I mean, Dan White, if he were to do that, he had to use some kind of uh, magician, the tools that magicians use. But that monk um, didn't use anything. He just uh, levitated uh, probably like a few feet um, uh, higher than ground. Um, that's very interesting. Oh, definitely so. Yeah, man. And they've uh, they've given him information about past cataclysms and global resets, right? Yes, uh, there are actually a few resets on Earth. Uh, it uh, really details a lot of uh, facts, like where black people and yellow people came from, where the Caucasians and white people came from, where the Jewish people came from. The yellow people and the black people actually came from a planet called uh, Bracaratini about 1.35 million years ago. They had to migrate to Earth because their planet, or I should say our planet, <laughs> uh, was cooling down, original planet was cooling down. And then uh, it, was, it was no longer able to sustain life. So the black people and the yellow people came to Earth and they had a hard time actually adapting to the local environment on Earth because Earth had a stronger gravity compared to their original planet. And there were also a lot of mosquitoes uh, that spread uh, yellow fever. So a lot of people died and finally the yellow people came up with a vaccine and immediately gave it to, uh, to the black people and the black people also helped uh, the yellow people uh, in a lot of different ways. So the two people actually helped each other in a great deal, just like uh, Rush Hour and like Jackie Chan. And and, um, and I think uh, yellow people and black people are, are like brothers in a sense uh, throughout history. And um, But after thousands of years, an uh, asteroid hit the earth and uh, people actually saw that and tried to escape the catastrophe by flying into the atmosphere of Earth. But because of miscalculations, 
they uh, tried to escape, but it was too late for them to fly away. Um, the asteroid split into three parts. One part hit the Red Sea, the other part hit the East Timor area, and the last part hit uh, where uh, Galapagos, Galapagos Islands currently is. So, um, so that caused a lot of uh, volcanic activities and also flood. Um, and a lot of the civilization, civilizations on Earth uh, were destroyed because of uh, this kind of natural catastrophe. Uh, so that's like one reset. Uh, the other reset was um, after the people from Arima X3 migrated to Lemuria. Um, they established a great civilization. So they also co um, colonized um, Atlantis. Uh, so those were the two continents, one in the Pacific Ocean and the other in the Atlantic Ocean. But then 14,500 years ago, uh, there was a major earthquake that uh, the continent of Lemuria suddenly sunk into the ocean. Uh, it caused a lot of um, volcanic activities too, because beneath that continent, there were a lot of uh, gaseous belts. So that continent actually sunk suddenly that people didn't have the time to escape into other parts of the world. They had advanced technologies, but when they were living on that continent, they kept their technology secret from other people. They didn't tell um, the uh, people who were living in Asia or uh, Africa their secrets of uh, um, supersonic vibration system or levitation, <laughs> like uh, uh, anti-gravity technologies. Um, so when the two continents sunk into the ocean, um, a great civilization was lost. So that's another great reset. So that's why you see a lot of uh, very interesting um, archaeology archaeology findings like the Great Pyramid, the Israelite statues, and also uh, the stones that actually cannot be built even by modern, modern technologies. Now, what did they say about the possibility of future cataclysms and if we should be expecting anything in our lifetime? Well, I can tell you one thing. They say... Um, one thing that's very different from con conventional wisdom or conventional scientific community is that the moon, our moon, is actually moving closer to Earth each year. The conventional wisdom is that the moon is moving away from Earth about uh, three or four centimeters per year. But according to them, in about uh, 18,000 years or so, the moon will crash onto the Earth, and that'll be the end of the Earth. And we have to figure out a way to migrate to another planet. Uh, otherwise, uh, we... You said 18,000 years? Oh, I, oh, actually, I misspoke. It's actually 180,000. It's close to 200,000 years. Oh, wow. So. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay, I we misspoke. have a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we have some time, yes. That's good, man. Yes. Now, what else did they say about the, the nature of the moon? The moon is a, a fantastic anomaly, and there's plenty of speculation on what could possibly be going on on the dark side and on the moon in general. Uh, what information did they give him? Yes, there are. It's confirmed that there are alien bases on the far side or the dark side of the moon. Um, those They also mentioned what those people were, and those actually are the people or were the people from Arima X3 where they just had a nuclear war about 150 years ago. When they migrated to Earth about uh, 300,000 years ago, they first established an uh, alien base, an ET base on the far side, the dark side of the moon, um, because they actually had a war or fight with the Chinese people on the continent of Lemuria. Uh, and uh, they didn't really want to have this kind of fight. Uh, but because the Chinese people are really over, over, or are really suspicious, they're still very suspicious, I can tell you. Uh, being Chinese myself, I can testify that. Um, they um, kind of uh, uh, wanted uh, them to go away. And they, they actually had to kill the, the few Chinese people on 
the north uh, western corner of the continent of, of uh, Lemuria. So, so they thought it would be better to build like an alien base on the far on the dark dark side of the moon before migrating. So they took about a few decades to build the alien bases. And uh, when they felt that everything was ready and uh, everything was safe, they started to migrate from their planet to the bases on the dark side of the moon and then to Lemuria. Um, and uh, yeah, so, and actually they mentioned uh, Tao, the, the Theoba, uh, also mentioned that the moon was actually captured by Earth a uh, long time ago. And actually, um, when we had dinosaurs, there was no moon at that time. But then after dinosaurs did, uh, went extinct, uh, we captured the moon. And then the moon is actually going to crash uh, onto the Earth yeah, wow. in the future. Now, what did they tell them about high-level clandestine human groups on this Earth that may happen to know more than the rest of the planet? Are there members of our government or high-level uh, secret societies that actually know or maybe even have relationships with these entities? Well, uh, I can express uh, what uh, the book says uh, in three different ways. One is that uh, there are other ETs on different planets in our galaxy. The author was shown about 200 ET bodies um, on the planet Theoba, and they look uh, all differently. They look, some of them look like us, but not exactly. Some of them look uh, like, um, I would say, very strange looking like Indian sh uh, chiefs, but they're not really. Um, so there are other ETs on our planet and also, I mean, our planet as well, but also on other planets too. And um, though not reading the book, um, Michelle de Marquet was allowed to reveal one more information about the greys. Um, the greys are actually uh, the ETs uh, who lived on a category one planet same category as us, as uh, we on Earth. So they did implant some devices on people on Earth, but not that many, only about 150 people or so by the year of 1995. And um, there's definitely no harm for the people who got this kind of implants. Um, they did that because they were trying to observe how we respond to different uh, um, things like uh, the increasingly decreased immune system. Because uh, after 1948, the year when the atomic bomb uh, exploded, we have been um, having an increasingly decreased immune system. And the Greys also have the same problem. So they are trying to, to observe how we respond to the same situation in order to help themselves. So they're also a dying species. And uh, this is not the by the book or by Michel de Marquet, but my personal information is that uh, the U.S. government uh, has been working with the Greys, uh, getting their technologies, but they're getting technologies from a Category 1 planet, not a Category 9 planet. So if they really want to advance or evolve at much faster pace, they should learn from the best, learn from the people from a Category 9 planet, not from the grace, not the category one planet. Right. Um, yeah, so I think uh, this is why this book is so important, and this is why I'm so uh, desperate to uh, spread the messages in the book. Yeah, there's tons of profound information in here. Uh, he was actually told how the pyramids were built and the purposes for them as well, right? Yes, exactly. The Great Pyramid of Egypt was actually built 17,000 years ago by a very wise and learned person from Atlantis named, named uh, Thoth. And uh, he actually took the knowledge from Atlantis, which actually came from the Muria, using the same technologies, anti-gravitational technologies and supersonic vibrational system. And with a precise measurement to build this great pyramid of Egypt, uh, in nine years. 
and um, it was built uh, as a tool, an energy center, because the shape of the pyramid uh, can actually capture the cosmic energy or cosmic rays. And the pharaohs in ancient Egypt actually used Great Pyramid in the correct way as an energy tool to communicate with people from or on other planets. They also used the Great Pyramid to make rains because they could concentrate energy in a manner that clouds would form and rain would fall. Uh, and they had to, uh, they used uh, some kind of alloy, a metal uh, with uh, silver and other metals to create, to concentrate the energy uh, in a specific location. So they had no worries, no trouble um, kind of growing their crops because they can actually control the weather in a very nice way. Um, and um, there are increasingly reports and scientists who um, did the research and say that uh, the pyramid is an energy center and actually by, by means of, of concentration of certain energies and the rain would be able to be created. Right. It seems like right now and the past couple of years have been a, an extremely critical time for the planet as a whole when it comes to spirituality and consciousness evolution and questioning narratives and just uh, human growth overall. Did they say anything about this period of time and what we're experiencing now and what we could possibly be looking towards in the future? Yes. The reason they took Michel de Marquet in physical form uh, was actually to send us a message, a strong message, like a warning, just like uh, what they did to Enoch, asking Enoch to write a book. If you really want to know why they did that, uh, just uh, see what happened to Enoch uh, a few decades later, or maybe what happened to the people on Earth a few decades later. And then the, they say that this is a very critical moment of time for us people living on Earth because we think we have been developing technologies uh, so fast with, um, uh, in the very beginning with the uh, steam engine and, and also with the computers and now with the quantum computing and all the DNA technologies. But we have been forgetting one important aspect, which is the development of spirituality. We have been so focused on our material life, gaining money and uh, competing and, and seeing who has more material wealth and um, kind of forgetting the purpose of life, which is really to grow our spirituality and to use our life on earth as a great lesson to gain spiritual lessons and to learn how to love each other and how to help each other, especially the needy, the people who need our help. And uh, they say that we are at a cross point in time, that if we don't change our ways, that our destiny would be irre irreversible. So that's why they took the pain to um, kind of abduct uh, Michel de Marquet, um, onto their planet and to order him, order him to write a book mm. and, uh, and to document everything without adding his personal opinion. So this is a very strong message. They even hurt, they even hurt Michel de Marquet by pinching his shoulder that Michel de Marquet yield in pain, saying, why you such loving people, such spiritual people, why did you like pinch me in the shoulder that I was in great pain. They did that because they really wanted Michel de Marquet to know it was not a dream. And this message was so important that his pain was worth, um, was really the, the great messages was really worth his pain. Um, and uh, I think this is why I'm so focused on asking people's help so if you know any other platforms or maybe other ways or means to get more publicity about this book, uh, please uh, let uh, Chris or me know and yeah. so that more people can be enlightened by the messages in the book. 
Yes, I love it. Now, while we're talking about the spiritual messages, they also gave profound insights into who Jesus was and about his <laughs> teachings, right? Yes, yes. So before I read this book, as I mentioned, I didn't believe anything written in the Bible because uh, it seems to me that the Bible was so incredible that the things uh, were just so strange. But after reading this book, Theoba Prophecy, I believed the stories in the Bible. Because when you really think about it, when you read the New Testament, you're going to notice, for example, I noticed that Jesus never performed any miracles before the age of 30. He was smart when he was young, but he never performed like um, anything like that. Um, I mean, if you use uh, common sense, if a person had this kind of extraordinary abilities, he would uh, have shown that uh, at the age of maybe 20 or 25 or 28. But why not? This book explains everything and also explains why there are some people who claim that Jesus visited India and why there's a tomb of Jesus Christ in Shingo village, Japan. Uh, the reason is that um, when Jesus was born, um, the people on earth really needed help. And the Theobans really wanted to help the people. And the people, especially the Jewish people, the Hebrews, were waiting for the Messiah. And uh, by implanting an embryo into Virgin Mary's uh, uterus, they created like a, a very uh, unique phenomenon that made people believe that Jesus, the little baby Jesus, was a Messiah because he was actually born out of Virgin Mary. But because he was born from the embryo implanted into Virgin Mary's uh, um, uterus, um, when the astral body, well, person is born that way, um, the person has to go through the river of, of oblivion forgetting everything happened in his or her past lives, forgetting all the um, uh, the knowledge of performing the miracles. So that's why the baby Jesus, who later went to India and died in Japan, uh, couldn't perform miracles. Although he was spiritual, he didn't have the knowledge to do so. But in order to convince people at that time, the Hebrews and also people uh, in other places, Jesus Christ had to be able to perform miracles, had to be, do something out of the ordinary. So they actually sent um, one of their own who didn't really have to go through the river of oblivion, forgetting everything, um, um, and to uh, send that person and to make a body of uh, Jesus Christ that uh, resembled the Jesus who was born from Virgin Mary. Um, so that Jesus was actually an E.T. from Theoba. That Jesus, that Christ, remembered everything, remembered how to perform the miracles, and he remembered everything, and including what's going to happen. And um, he knew that he was going to die on the cross. He resurrected uh, three days after, uh, just wanted to show that there is life after death. And there's the resurrection and there's the reincarnation. His main mission on earth was to preach spirituality and love. And, but unfortunately, uh, the original messages of Jesus Christ only kept original for about 300 years or so. After different councils of the Catholic Church, some of his messages uh, were distorted and uh, some of the messages uh, in the Bible were kind of um, tweeted to benefit the organized religions. Yes. And of course, the organized religions chained and manipulated all this to keep power and gain more power, right? Yes, that's true. So anyone reading this book would know that the correct way to live is actually to follow the teachings of Jesus Christ, but not the Bible, not the church but what really Jesus Christ taught us uh, in the past. And also gain knowledge, spiritual knowledge, and to find ways to know uh, the meaning of life and also 
how to uh, live uh, more fruitfully. Now, what insights did they give about human creation and evolution, if any? Well, uh, we constantly evolve, and there are different uh, categories of planets. Um, and when we are ready, we move up to the ladder. We move up to a different category. So they are already at uh, the highest level. So they're like mentors or guides, kind of uh, showing up and, and teaching us the basic concepts of life. But they do so in a very indirect way because um, they never serve the meal on a plate. When we learn our own, we learn uh, more effectively. So if uh, you want to teach your children how to do a mathematical problem like three times five, you don't just give them the answer 15. You, you teach them that three times five is, plus, is five plus five and plus five. So similarly, they're using this book to teach us the basic concepts of life and spiritual lessons. So when we are ready, when we follow the more spiritual way, uh, we uh, move up to a, to a higher category. So the way to do that is actually to gain as many spiritual lessons as possible in our life and not to be uh, fo too focused and delved onto the material life. Because according to them, if we focus too much on money or material wealth, then it will be really, really hard for higher self to filter our experiences on earth. Um, they only filter, they only um, absorb or, or get or obtain the good experiences, which is the spiritual experiences, how you helped others, how you loved each other, and how you sacrificed yourself for the benefit of others. So you only gain this kind of spiritual lessons you don't take your material enjoyment with you when you die onto your higher self. So there are different uh, levels of uh, the filtration system, a total of nine different levels. So nine is actually a magical number, a member of the universe. So when you gain at a certain level, you move up until the level nine. And then after level nine, um, the people on Theoba can actually rejoin or join the source, which is the great spirit, the ether. And they would have more enjoyment um, being with the source than living on the category nine planet. Because uh, if you read the book, you're going to know that the, the category nine planet is actually like a paradise. Everything is so perfect. They have uh, great technologies and they, um, they never age. They can live forever. Everyone on that planet uh, looks like uh, they're in their 30s, very beautiful, and they never uh, have any units. And they could uh, actually do everything they, they want to do. Uh, but even living on a paradise, a category nine planet, it's nothing compared to uh, rejoining or joining the ether, the source. I love it, man. This is such great information. As far as Michelle, um, has he had any further contact or occurrences or interactions with these beings after the book? Yes, he has uh, received a lot of uh, telepathic messages uh, from Tao, the ET. Uh, one of the things not written in the book is uh, about the uh, the Sphinx near the Great Pyramid. Uh, he was told that uh, there are three chambers beneath the Sphinx of Egypt. When we are ready, the chambers will be opened, and then everything will be revealed. Uh, it is fascinating because uh, Edgar Casey said the same thing. And also there are other people that suspect there's something inside or beneath the, the Sphinx of Egypt. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to that day. 
Yes, man, definitely so. Well, this is fantastic. Uh, Samuel, let everyone know if they're interested in getting the book, what's the best way they can do so, and how they can find out more about you. They can visit uh, my website, which is uh, chinasona.org slash Theoba, T with the capital letter T, H-I-A-O-O-U-B-A. That's my website. They, to get a book, they can just go on Amazon, Amazon and then search uh, Theoba Prophecy. This is a, a very detailed uh, book that contains a lot of specific information. And uh, Michelle Demarquet strongly suggests people to read this book three times because uh, it's just uh, so incredible. And um, and I think it's important to do so and to read this book. And this will be the best investment you'll ever make. Uh, this is my best investment that I ever made by uh, reading this book, by visiting Michel de Marquet twice, and also by uh, spreading these messages. And uh, again, if you want to help me out, please do so. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Excellent. Well, I will have all those links right there in the description so everyone listening can easily just go and look you up and click on those. Samuel, thank you so much, and I'd definitely love to talk with you again in the future. Thank you very much. Until next time, everyone, have an excellent evening. We'll talk again tomorrow. See y'all then. Right now is the most critical time for us to take back control of our food supply and become self-reliant by having our very own food forest. Transform your yard into a food forest and create a system of self-reliance that's easy and enjoyable with our friends at Food Forest Abundance. No matter where you're starting from, you can become more self-reliant. You can take your self-reliance to the next level by becoming a producer of your own food through growing and foraging. Learn how to turn your property into an income-producing source of economic self-reliance. If you're ready to go off-grid, click the link in the description and use coupon code FORBIDDEN for discounts on your very own food forest with Food Forest Abundance.